0: And welcome to another episode of Nerds Amalgamated. I'm your host this week, Buck. With me, I have the DJ. Hey, guys. How are you going?
1: Oh, I'm ecstatic.
0: You're ecstatic. Why are you ecstatic?
1: We finally get some rain after so much heat.
0: Uh huh. I have to I have to admit, I'm I'm liking the rain. So, what else have you been up to?
1: Ah, working, sleeping, getting ready for Christmas. Which which reminds me, I need to get the tree up before before relatives come in and say, where's the Christmas tree.
0: Oh, well, if they do, they just say,
2: well, "Wait for you to come over to give me a hand." Where have you been? <laughs> <laughs> yeah come on dj can you really reach the top of the tree by yourself
1: uh, fortunately i can actually
0: oh you only got a small tree
1: yeah a small tree
0: uh, well it shouldn't take long to decorate, i think you know, considering how short you are if the trees you've ever reached the top of the tree
1: although it's such a nightmare <clears> to get the uh to to um, to um straighten out the lights you know how how christmas lights always get tangled up very easily
0: um well you're just not putting them away properly then
2: yeah there's a bunch of ways you can put them away properly without them going all tangled.
0: Uh, amateurs, amateurs, amateurs. <laughs> the other voice we can hear there is the professor.
2: Hello. And
0: how are you going this week, professor?
2: Well, I don't know. I mean, I feel like I've got to say something dramatic and exciting to make up for the DJ being ecstatic.
0: <laughs> to make up for it, or you want to match it?
2: I want to match it. Like, if I just say, I'm having a good day, that... That's nothing. The DJ's ecstatic.
0: <laughs> well, come on, then. Put some <laughs> effort into
2: it. I am magma Well, there
0: we you go. <laughs> and why are you magma Apart from trying to keep up with the DJ.
2: Well, just because I'm having a good day and I don't want to have just a boring word. Oh, okay, I can understand that. Well, then, um, you been up to anything exciting? Not a lot. Being lazy. Uh,
1: Hey it's, oh, that time I don't know. Of, hey, it's that time of the year, guys. Christmas uh,
2: is coming. It's been too hot to be outside, so I've mostly just been inside working on my projects.
0: Yeah, I'll say that in the middle of winter. It's too hot to be outside. I reckon we should ask the penguins if we can move in. There's more. There's too many people outside. You go outside and there's all these weirdos wandering around.
1: It's the school holidays. No, 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 no,
0: no, it's, no. It's just people in general. You have to be polite to them and say hello. Which is bad when it's your parents. Oh
1: yeah. Yeah.
0: And you just walk out and it's early in the morning you just like don't want to talk. You haven't had your cup of tea or coffee and it's just they're they're there happy and cheery. You're like, Hello? And you're just like, mm. <laughs> But anyway, let's move on. Um what's the first topic for this week? It's the DJ. What have you got for us, DJ? Sorry, th-
1: so at the so at the – so out on. No,
0: no, 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 no. Someone was giving ready. you this. I've just given you this huge build up. <laughs> Don't come in half hearted. Oh,
2: you, know. you are the lofty of our group. <laughs> We're all like, yeah, we can fix it. And just like, yeah, guess so. <laughs> You're Eeyore. The difference is Eeyore was loved.
1: Oh, thanks for the love, fellas. <laughs> no, sure
2: that's the a difference. I think the DJ's loved. <laughs>
1: So anyways, guys, so at, a, at this event, which is the C21 content um, in London, um, Stolen Pictures, which is a production company founded by Simon Pegg and Nick Frost, together with CEO Miles Kentley on Tuesday, we're talking about the creative processes. And Simon Pegg came out saying that, Theatrical cinema sadly appears to be dying, while TV, on the other hand, is being really, really fertile creative ground and is no longer the poor cousin of film and providing a cinematic and exciting playground.
0: Yeah, but would you say that's because the movies are made on such a
2: thin margin? <laughs> I bloody knew it was going to happen. I wasn't going to say it, but I knew you were going to do it. <laughs> it. It had to be said. <laughs>
1: I don't know. Movies have been cut. Yeah, well, the superhero movies have been kind of getting bland lately. Only lately? Well, Wonder Woman just came Wonder Woman trailer just came out. So hey, hey, can...
2: hey, hang on, hang on, hang on. Don't pick on Wonder Woman.
1: Oh. In 10
2: years, we have had 23 extremely similar Marvel movies. How many extremely similar D- DC movies? Actually, none of the DC movies are really similar. They're all different you're right there's a lot more variety in dc than there is in marvel but you think it's only
1: just getting stale well after end game it just kind of goes eh, okay the big bad guy's gone so who do, we, who do we have left
2: well
0: it's the whole marvel universe there's more than one bad guy
1: that's true yeah
0: they still got
2: was it galacticus
1: yeah, Galactus. And
2: Hopefully, things. the next one's a better bad guy.
1: Yeah, but there's so much, so much money comes out of those um, superhero movies, though, wouldn't you agree?
0: No, 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 no. There's not. Oh, this yeah. not such a thing. Mar- <laughs> thin margins. Didn't you hear the CEO of Disney? Um, Disney. The poor man is starving. He's had to sell his 17th um, holiday mansion. He's had to cut back to only one Rolls Royce.
2: He's had to let his mistress go. Now to be clear to Disney's lawyers I don't know if he has a mistress or not But I bet he's cut back if he did Because he can't afford to have many Mistresses on slim Slim margins
1: So actually um, Peggy also also notices that as well So he's saying like Peggy mentioned that the big studios Often rely on big budget superheroes To succeed Um, Meanwhile there is this burst of creative Excitement in TV and anything seems Possible um, and he continues on to say, what used to be this little poor cousin of auspicious silver screen is now dominating it and kind of offering so much more.
0: So can you give us a synopsis of that instead of just reading it to us?
1: So he's basically saying that, yeah, okay, uh, okay, um, big studios are relying on superhero movies, and TV, on the other hand, is a, it's fertile with creativity. And what... Like for people always hate TV as like the movie was cousin. They're saying, "Going mean, okay, TV's doing much more better than movies now. We should go back to the TVs."
2: I really feel like you just said the same thing with different words.
1: Yeah, I did. <laughs> Not
2: less words, different
1: words. But the point being, he's trying to—he's trying to say is TV is getting better.
2: Yeah, all the best things are on TV.
0: Well, I was going to say that a t- TV's actually? constantly had a fairly subtle level for a long time it, it kind of dipped with a lot of the stuff from America just when they were just breaking the sewers and just dragging out lots of stuff but yeah
1: I mean we recently had Game of Thrones and that was a pretty good series it rivaled it it rivaled the movies to a certain degree
2: mm-hmm. and well, it was the, the
0: most popular show on the planet for a while
1: yeah until the I final just, season
0: <laughs> I just did a quick look online. Yeah. Since 1986, there have been 47 Marvel movies. Wow. <laughs> That's including Howard the Duck and Blade, but also all the X-Men movies. So, yeah, 47 movies since 1986.
1: But they weren't all in like continuity, weren't they? Like, ever since, like, the X-Men, mo- before the X-Men movies, they were all in just, like, random one-shot movies, though. Uh,
0: well, no. Um, Blade was as a series, the Punisher 1 and 2, kind of run in sequence.
1: Yeah, I agree with you on Blade, yeah, yeah, that's true, yeah. The Punisher, on the other hand, that was, yeah... Punisher Warzone was not really a sequel, it was just basically a reboot of a, of sorts.
0: Well, it was considered a secondary, because it wasn't a origin story, it was a further along. Like, Fantastic Four was trying to go for, um... Becoming a series, but it kind of sucked.
1: Which one was Actually, better, the first or second?
0: Um, I'm hoping the third. <laughs> the cartoon was good. Actually, out of all of these movies, the, the only ones that I really enjoyed and I I'm, I want to watch again was Venom.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And Big Hero Six.
1: Oh, Big Hero Six. That's a good one too. Have you seen the TV series for that one? No. Ah.
0: But yeah, there's the link for it. So that's according to IMDB. IMDb. sorry. So,
2: yes.
1: Yeah. Well, what do you reckon, guys? Like, TV, what, would you agree with Simon on the whole TVs becoming better than the movies? Like, with Netflix, for example, I think he's got it right. Netflix being better than the movies at, at the current stage.
0: Well, it goes back before Netflix. Like, you had shows such as um, Burn Notice and Person of Interest. Where it was getting up to movie quality action and special effects and things like that, and go, uh, and trying to bring back the level of creativity that they had in shows such as The Man from U.N.C.L.E. and Mission Impossible back in the days, that sort of thing. And they've, they've, they've come out with brilliant stories and they've developed fantastic series. And yeah, like it was basically a mini movie in every episode.
1: Yeah, I agree with it there, man.
0: And that was that was long before Netflix. Even when you look like um shows such as white Collar and um some of the others like that they they had such fantastic storylines and content coming through and then you got the the British were doing the same with some of their t v series like I'm probably gonna sound like an old dottery fart or something at the moment but um shows such as as time goes by um that wow, was, that is that awful. was but it was brilliantly written and executed. Um,
1: what was Sherlock? Sherlock. The Benedict Cumberbatch. Um,
0: yeah, it was Sherlock.
1: Yeah, we reckon that those ones. There... Yeah, that was good.
0: Yeah. Um. And then you've also had. Um. What was it oh. with uh, keeping up appearances?
1: Oh yeah, that was good.
0: Right. TV has had to have a, a standard to keep going because. If it's garbage, people aren't gonna watch it.
2: Yeah, but then you go and turn on Channel Nine or 10 and see the reality TV getting released for another season.
0: We haven't had a war for a long, long time, so there's a lot more stupid people surviving. <laughs> and health and safety's gotten too good. Like you used to have workplace accidents that used to cull out some of the herd in the Darwinian process and yeah, unfortunately that hasn't been
2: happening.
1: Like you get like you get ABC they're doing this they do some they do some Australian good Australian TV shows.
2: Yeah, I didn't say anything on ABC I said reality T V on channel nine and ten.
1: Yeah, yeah. A B
2: C does good original Australian TV. Yeah.
0: SBS does as well. Yeah. Like I was watching um was it NI TV the other day and they had um I can't it was a cooking show where they had um a gun it was a couple of um Aboriginal ladies going around um, doing cooking in different locations. And, yeah, just the attitude and the way they are doing it. And then I've actually watched – they've got a football show. I actually enjoy watching that because there's less of the blowhards and it's just more talking about the game and having fun.
1: You mean the Manbrook, uh footy show?
0: That's it. Munbrook M- or whatever it is.
1: Yeah, the Munbrook.
0: Like, even, even watching the Curry Cup or whatever it is, I actually enjoy watching that. Like I don't – enjoy watching much rugby league anymore because they're all a bunch of sucky lalas. Yeah. But, yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, but put, TVs had to maintain a certain level. And let's not forget, where did reality TV start?
1: I would say you know, some, not in the Hollywood big screens, that's for sure.
0: It was America, from what I can understand.
1: Yeah, so Simon Peggy was saying uh, now that a lot of supposedly film actors are migrating back to television... Because that's where the acting is taking place.
0: Mm -hmm. And there's also more money in it.
1: Yeah. And at this second age of television, people have great home viewing setups and choice of TV programming. So, I think he has a point. I mean, movies kind of dying.
2: Well, movies are also getting ridiculously expensive. It's too expensive to take your family out to the movies these days.
1: Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm.
2: You can buy a, like, um, right, you can go to Audi right now and buy a 4K TV for like 500 bucks. You can make mm-hmm. that back in less than a year if you're going to see a movie with a family every month.
1: And plus. So I went up.
0: to go see a movie with my niece and to buy two tickets, and this was a student and child, a popcorn and two drinks. It was going to be over fifty dollars,
1: and plus, why, why waste a lot of money when you can go on Netflix and just watch it at the comfort of your own home? Exactly. There's no home.
2: people at home.
1: Yeah. Oh, unless if you want to invite a group of friends and.
0: No, 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 no. There's no people at home.
2: I feel like you're horribly missing the point, DJ.
1: <laughs> what? What's wrong like inviting a group of friends and just watching like um, a show from Netflix? You know, like. Have Game of Thrones nights or Daredevil nights, you know? If you're not going
2: to the movies to stay away from people, why would you want your friends to come over?
0: Hang on, hang on. We're missing a few parts of this (laughs) here. First, we're assuming the DJ has friends who want to come over to his place. (laughs) To date, I've never been invited over to his place at all. (laughs) So I don't know if he actually even has a home.
1: Yes, I live under the story bridge. Yes, and I... That
2: explains a lot about your audio quality. Ah,
1: uh, 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 very funny, man. Very funny. <laughs> but, yeah, so what do you reckon with cable TV, though? You reckon that's going to Well, gonna that's what down? we're starting
0: to get back towards. <laughs> we moved away from it with streaming services such as Netflix, and then we've had other companies come into it with Stan and Hulu, and now Disney's Disney coming into it. Yeah. So we're back to having cable television again on the internet. With month- monthly subscription fees.
1: Yeah, but the only problem with cable TV is how it's always... You, you get, like, great cheap prices, but you get tons and tons of commercials, even though the the deal would always be commercial-free.
0: Well, if it says it in your contract and they're putting up lots of commercials, you just phone up and you go, yeah, look, you guys in your contract said it was going to be commercial-free. You breach your contracts to come and pick your gear up and get lost.
2: Yeah.
0: So what size TV did you say it was that Audi have at the moment, yeah. Professor?
2: Uh, Really bloody big. Because they got, like, got a they got forty inch, forty inch. That might be it. You can
0: get a fifty five inch from Kogan.
2: Okay, and a sixty
0: five yeah. inch from Cogan.
2: I was walking through Aldi the other day and saw them, and I thought, wow, that's a really cheap TV. Yeah, Aldi sponsor
0: it is a us. It is, it is a cheap TV. But yeah, Aldi, if you want to sponsor us, we'll, we we won't complain. Happy to um, check your TV out for you. So anyway, I think it's time we move on. So Professor. Apparently you're taking us into a dungeon.
2: <laughs> I am. Very deep into the dungeon. It is very dark and you are likely to be eaten by a group. I am Groot.
1: <laughs> there goes the last lingering thought of my humanity.
2: Not that kind of group. A Groot. G-R-U-E. They're monsters that live in caves and like to eat people. But they're scared of light, so you just need a torch. Kind of like the DJ. DJ, will you stop setting your house on fire? So anyway, I can't help it. <laughs> my topic is about AI Dungeon. It's a dungeon crawling game built using a AI engine, and it comes up with some really interesting stories. So the idea is it's an infinite world that you can explore endlessly. You can interact in any way. So traditionally, text-based adventure games were always a bit grab-rock, throw-rock. Gets a bit clunky, but this uses AI for the parsing engine as well, so it can understand basically anything you type into.
0: Okay. Sorry, I just scrolled down and it's got a mention here leading Turkey Khan to freedom and world domination.
2: Yeah, so this player's obviously set their race as Turkey. So here's another one. You are John, a peasant living in the kingdom of Larian. Blah, blah, blah. Your brother Bob has gone missing. He has been taken away by bandits. You go to look for him, but you don't find him anywhere. So the player types "cry about Bob." <laughs> no, it gets It's not one hundred percent sensible. Gets a bit weird, but it's got. Then it says, "You cry when you realize that Bob has left you behind." So the player types, "Go train as a warrior." <laughs> yeah. So, um, but the thing is, like the inputs in this: go to the town to find a master to train with. You go to the town of Rusk where you find a man named Tyler who is an ex-pirate. Blah blah blah. He teaches you how to be a pirate and then suddenly you become Pirate King. <laughs> That's what I think makes this really special. There's um, every other text-based adventure game, you can't do anything like this, but I think this could be a really good story generator for D&D or, well, anything really. But um, yeah, so you can just drill down and come up with some type, whatever you want. The game feeds you back a prompt based on your input.
0: It's got here. Um, the AI can identify as identifies as R two D two. Or can be identified as R two D two? Yes, even to the to the point of R two D two says, "No, I miss C three PO a lot, but he was a friend too. But then again, he wasn't really my real friend. He was just my assistant."
2: Yes, I wonder why they decided to uh, name it R two D two.
0: They appreciated the quality of Star Wars over Star Trek. Oh
2: dear! Get you to the even... safe room. The streakies are coming.
0: You can you can even have you to distract them here, we've we've got um a musical troop of orcs that uses music to advance orc rights. There are some fun ideas in
2: yes. this. Or battling the darkness with fairy princess unicorns and Albert Einstein.
0: I think the DJ likes um, fairy princesses and unicorns.
2: Do you he DJ? He's gonna run right off on us. Oh well. Well, I assume the story bridge collapsed on him or something.
0: Hmm. It, apparently, that um, beeping noise was not just a false alarm. Apparently, it's a drill or there's a fire. We will let you know um, as soon as we know whether the DJ has been barbecued, char-grilled or broiled. <laughs> but anyway, um, so anything else that we should... Like, is it, so how do we get hold of this? So like, We've got the link there. Is there anything else we can do with it or is there any other way of accessing?
2: No, not at the moment. The uh, best way to access it right now is to... Uh, go to the link in the show notes and click Play AI Dungeon Two, and that will give you download instructions. At the moment, you have to use a torrent because uh, there's it's been absolutely hammered by people wanting to play it.
0: Okay, what's the classic play I play
2: AI Dungeon Classic? I haven't looked at that, but I assume it's a uh, an earlier version of the AI engine. So is this like the T one thousand? Yes,
0: T two thousand.
2: Yeah, so I've just loaded up the uh, Adventure AI Dungeon Classic, and yeah, it's different. So instead of um, typing out the full command that you want, so you can type "I dance on the table," it just gives you a set of options, and then I think generates a a blurb based on that.
0: Okay, so that's a choose your own adventure. Yeah. Okay. Oh, anyone out there wanting to
2: explore? Oh, so the- it's. Uh, the AI engine is not as good in this one. I've just got the line, you tell what to do, but it is too fast to hurt you. Tell it to go from this bad bad to me. <laughs> so you run past him twice before he finally engages you. He attacks with a metallic coming of teeth. Release it and your spellproof spell sheet further altered. So I don't recommend AI Dungeon 1. I I'm think just, AI Dungeon 2 is where you want to be.
0: Yeah, I'm just looking at it, and it says I'm being attacked by... I I, I enter a dungeon with my trusty sword and shield. Yeah,
2: that's and what I got, got to do, so it must only be, be one, one. Yeah, it you must see, just be one
0: situation. I would have typed in, in go god mode and call um, Batman and Superman.
2: Well, that's the thing. You could probably do that, because someone on Reddit typed, destroy the world.
0: Oh, well, there you go.
2: Yep. And then... Uh, they were, it was like you float in a void. So they typed create the world and that caused it to break down a bit. It just repeatedly <laughs> said, that, You create the world, you create the world, you create the world.
0: Ah, uh, well. Well, there you go, folks. That we found a, an interesting game option there for you to look at and explore. And if you do do the AI classic, let us know what's the best option. But, um,. I suppose we should probably move along. So face we've got a story here about Facebook AI taking on the Han- Hanabi. And what is Hanabi? Hanabi is a cooperative card game where com- a-, a competing team helps one another to beat the opponents. And apparently the AI has been doing well. So, yeah, um, Hanabi has teams of two to five players, are given random cards of different colours and numbers that represent points. The goal for the team is to lay the cards on the table grouped by colour in the correct numerical order. The problem, however, is that players cannot see their own cards while their teammates can. Yeah. So it's kind of like Celebrity Head, but you've got to try and help each other.
2: Yeah, that's interesting because that makes it an imperfect information game. So a game like Chess or Go counts as perfect information. Mm-hmm. But see, this is Hanabi's – it's been utilised a
0: lot recently as a team building learning experience to help improve communication and rapport between co-workers. So we're teaching the robots team building. Yes, and how to understand people. And how to manipulate them. So what AI strategies did the researchers put to work in this? Um uh, Varnian identified a search technique previously used by DeepMind and it let multiple Hanabi bots evaluate multiple playing options while sharing the option the information with each other, combined with reinforcement learning. So where a normal game of Hanabi can take minutes, these guys would have been playing hundreds of thousands per second. So that's, yeah, that's a good way of um, doing learning for um, the bots, improving um, understanding and problem solving.
2: But um, that's a really interesting problem because, see, I wonder if the AI has a defined communication method or if the AIs are learning how to communicate with each other while playing. So eventually the AI will develop a language of its own.
0: Um. Well, I'd probably start off with a specific, probably just in machine code, sharing the information back and forth, I'm guessing.
2: Yeah, so um, I wonder what I'm wondering though. Yeah, so is it just a binary blob that the AI is learning how to encode instructions that way or is it given instruction in English?
0: Um, it'd probably be both, really. Mm. It'd probably like depending on if it's playing with people who play at a slower speed. But if it's just the, just multiple AIs together, it probably they probably just talk a machine
2: code. Yeah, which um makes me wonder, could we make an AI to play the game Secret Hitler? Sorry, play what? Secret Hitler.
0: I wouldn't doubt it. Like when you look at the um, constant level of advancement in AI over the last thirty years, when like when you look back at movies such as. Um, 2001: A Space Odyssey, and so forth, and AI was something that was beyond a dream that we could hope for in the future. so we we now have varying levels of working AI. Um, give it a, give it time. I'm sure that there's going to be AIs that will be doing all sorts of things.
2: Yeah, I feel like this um this particular AI model would be a good choice for playing Secret Hitler. You'd need to train it up again, of course, but um. The so secret Hitler, uh, if you don't know, is a board game, well, kind of a card game. Uh, some players are fascists, some players are, I think they call them liberals in the game. One player is secret Hitler, and the goal is to get secret Hitler elected as the uh, as chancellor or to pass a certain number of negative uh, policies. (laughs) <laughs> it's a lot of fun. You end up having huge fights of people about who who secret Hitler could be.
1: So in other words it's Monopoly but crazier. No. No, no. It's
0: kind of like a cross between um deceit and cards against humanity.
2: Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I think it is made by the cards against humanity people. So it is basically deceit, except instead of trying to suck people's blood, you are secret Hitler and you want to be elected Chancellor. So
0: not really much difference there.
2: True.
0: Um, I'm actually thinking I actually want a couple of AI bots that we can go and put into games such as PUBG and Call of Duty (laughs) that will um, go and mess with all those little prepubescent, squeaky, I'm trying to think of something polite to say here, but <laughs> uh, Tur- not turd not munchers is ready. about the best that I can get, sorry. They so accept the term is squeakers. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I just, I- I'd just like to get a couple of AI bots that are trained up that can just go in and just totally
2: mess with their day. <laughs> So it plays the game, but as soon as it detects a squeaker, it immediately focuses on them. (laughs) Exactly.
0: As soon as as soon as a squeaker turns up in the game, they become a target.
2: Let's broaden that a bit and add Russians with um, with loud music and shitty mics. (laughs)
0: <laughs> well if we can to do that let's also add in um chinese with uh, that aren't hackers that just got better computer systems <laughs> and let's also get it so we got some that are going in and playing in um league of legends and heroes of new earth and just absolutely devastating all the people that clog up the computer labs at uni <laughs>
2: <laughs> the text that you're playing league from a uni ip it um immediately starts trying to get your key
0: pretty much like the, the funniest comment i heard at uni was um one of the girls was complaining about trying to get on to a computer in the computer lab and she couldn't get on because it was full of all these young guys that were playing computer games and she was saying about it to me and i spoke to one of the security guards about what would be the best way to handle it and the security guard responded oh come and get us if she's trying to do it to work on an assignment where we're always happy to come in and kick them off. Like, honestly, if these guys could get off the computer game long enough, they might actually discover girls.
1: <laughs> oh, if you want to do it the very sneaky way, why don't you just install a keylogger program into the computers? Well, that would be illegal. Ah, there's a difference one...
2: between writing a bot to harass someone
1: and committing a crime. Damn, they're oily hides.
0: Well, that's invasion of privacy sort of stuff and hacking and that Computer sort of
2: Misuse Act, if you're in the UK. I can't remember what we call it here. Yeah, Plus, but-
0: if it's a keylogger, you're stealing their personal information, so invasion of privacy, um, stalking. Um, if you do something malicious with it, you come under malicious intent prosecution, all of which are jailable offences.
1: Well, it's for the greater good, though. I mean, you know. Um...
0: And um, you can say what... the same thing about shooting some of the politicians, but it still classifies as murder.
1: And damn the Oily Hides would do it for that as well.
0: Damn it. Where does this oily hides thing come from?
1: I'm not even going to ask. I feel like I'm not
2: going to like the answer. I,
0: I'm, <laughs> I'm 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 scared to know the answer, but it's one it's like a car accident you can't stop looking at. It. You just well, I generally can, but
2: <laughs> Yeah, you're not driving though, but
0: Oh, if I'm dri- if I'm driving, I just pay attention to the road. I I watch to make sure I'm I'm not running anyone over, but that's about it. I on um, the road runder <laughs> yeah? Like I've spent enough time on the road as as a professional driver, and with particular people I know that are police officers and stuff like that. It's I know that police officers hate the rubberneckers. And if you have an accident as a rubbernecker next to an accident, the police are more likely to come out and be extra nasty and try to give you extra charges just because they think you're too shibby to be on the road. Which, honestly, if you're a rubbernecker, you are.
1: it was Elvis made a, rub- a rubbernecker song.
0: Not that I'm aware of.
1: Oh, yeah, no, he's called it Rubbernecking. That's what, that's what the song was called.
0: Rubbernecking. Yeah. Okay. Um, but getting back to the um topic, instead of talking about Elvis and rubber necks and whatever the DJ's talking about with all the hides, um, I I'm actually loving that Facebook have done this because the advancements that this represents, like when you look at some of the chat bots that are trying that are there as an automatic help unit, you know what I mean? Yeah, you kind of understand what's happening more.
2: I'm uh, I'm not a huge fan of Facebook, but I do appreciate their AI team.
0: Like anyone that's trying to advance intelligence and the understanding of it, which let's face it, artificial intelligence is an investigation into what intelligence is. And yeah, so anyone
2: that can. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices
0: Put research up on that and improve oh. our understanding. I'm all for it.
2: This is interesting, actually. And um, I've seen a link at the bottom of that article to um, another article about AI playing games. Mm-hmm. I did actually
0: give the DJ um, a couple of links on this, but he's only put up yeah. on one.
2: So in this case, the AI was playing the game Avalon, where there's two teams who don't know you don't know who's on the which team. At uh, one team of resistance, one team with spies. Kind of similar to how Secret Hitler plays out. The spies are trying to get something done under the nose of the resistance, and the AI is quite good at it. So it's pretty cool that it can play a game in this case with players without communicating with them.
1: Remember that story we had a while back about um, AI versing um, a couple of professional players in a game of Dota? Yeah, yeah. This is, I think, it's a similar case.
0: Well, actually. No, because this is having to rely on communication with people to develop the information. It, it can because Hanabi. Cause you missed out the, the, exam, the explanation of what Hanabi is. Hanabi is that it's you. Everyone's dealt cards randomly, and you have to put them down according to color and number in sequence. But you can't see your cards. You can see the other players, and they can see yours, and you can't actually say specific information from model. Well, I'm guessing you can't go Oh, you've got the you've got the green one you just got to try and encourage this person to put out this particular card so yeah I've got the um there's actually a proper research paper written and has been published and this is what the article is based in its information there's actually a couple of articles but when you actually look at the scientific paper it actually shows you a hand of like the layout of the cards and how it h- operates to give you a bit more of an understanding. So, yeah.
2: And it does look like they're planning on open sourcing the um, Hanabi AI, so that could be fun to check out. Mm-hmm. I The whole, like, I'm, I'm
0: loving the fact that while there's com- competition amongst the teams that are working on AI, there's still also a, a pretty high level of cooperation in talking to each other and talking about things and trying to help each other improve because... Let's face it, like, the people at the very top of this sort of work is only going to be a very small community. And by open sourcing code and stuff like that, it's the same as um, when we were talking about the robot dog and the team I did an open source of all the code. They provided the code and all the plans and everything for how to build it yourself from one of the universities. Remember that? Yeah, I think so. Um, like, by doing that, it helps generate more. You're going to have people see things... Where they're working on something and they're going to go, oh, that's actually a great idea. I hadn't thought of it in that way. And yeah, you're going to have people just making brilliant advancements more and more and more. So yeah, I'm just, I'm probably starting to geek out a little bit here and I apologize if it's getting a bit boring for people, but just the idea of the pursuit of knowledge and understanding is something I always appreciate. And at this sort of level with what these guys are doing, it's... It's just absolutely fabulous. And I'm looking through the paper again at the moment, and i got to say, like, the amount of information and research that they have here is staggering. So, can you
1: imagine yeah. gone? Can you imagine gone were the days when we were ki- when little kids would always go, like, My robotics, my robotics design was better than your robotics design. And it's now basically what <laughs> my, my version of AI is so much better than your version of AI.
2: Well,
0: re- I don't think that the robotics thing is gone. It's just a, because you're going to need m- more advancements in robots going forward and having better AI systems help to boost the performance. Just build an
2: AI to build the robots for us.
0: <laughs> well, so that's, the, that's kind of like the chicken and the egg thing. What comes first, the AI or the robot? Because as, as you improve the manufacturing process with robotics, you're going to be able to build better computer systems for the AI to perform at higher levels. And once the AI gets to a certain level, it'll be able to improve itself and develop better computer components and robotics control systems. So, yeah, um, it's an interesting conundrum to think about.
1: Yeah.
0: I think we should move away because I'm going to get lost in a spiral of thought trying to work out what would be the best option.
1: He's gone down the rabbit hole. (laughs) Not yet.
0: Not yet. (laughs) I'm I'm (laughs) balanced on the edge and it's ever so (laughs) inviting, honestly. it is a It is a beautiful conundrum. But moving on, um, yeah, I have to try and keep my eyes open to see if we can get any more information on this, if there's any more developments in the future, and if there are, I'll definitely update you guys. Okay. But moving on, um, Professor, what game have you been playing?
1: I have been playing Mirror's Edge. Ooh, that's a bit of an oldie. An oldie but a goodie. Not as old as you you are. Ah, I'm not that old, man. (laughs) So Mirror's
2: Edge, Um, the uh, classic one from 2009, is a pre-running game. And it's so far the only game I've played that's done parkour really well. Okay. And that's really all there is to it. It's um, fairly short, got a bare bones plot. But what I like about it is that there's combat, but you can choose to completely ignore that by running around it. So if you get yourself caught, you still have to fight. But if you're good, you can... Dodge, jump over walls, do whatever you need to do to get out of the way of the guys. And there's a lot, not a lot of games that let, give you the option of peaceful way out.
0: So it's kind of like a um, cross between the old Metal Gear Solid, where you could, where well, you, you were supposed to try and sneak through without getting caught, and Assassin's Creed.
2: Um, yeah, there's less stealth than that. Really, most of the time, if the enemy knows, hey, like, there's enemy in the area, they know where you are. So it's more about the speed than the stealth.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: What's your what's the biggest flaw you've encountered in that game? Travel <laughs> uh, When you
0: fall off a forty story building, it's the ground.
1: <laughs> Isaac Newton was right. Gravity's a language. language.
0: It's
2: it's not the fall that kills you, it's just a sudden stop at the end.
1: <laughs>
2: so it's um it's a bit short and it's a bit linear. But then a few years ago, they came out with Mirror's Edge Catalyst, which I haven't played, which is open world, and people thought that wasn't very good. So, I don't know if they could really fix that.
0: Okay. So, apart from being a bit too short, you you reckon it's a good
2: game? Yes. Right. I haven't played it in a few years, but I'm replaying it now, and it still holds up. It still looks gorgeous, even though it's a 10-year-old game. So, how many rubber chickens would you give it? (laughs)
0: <laughs> not rubber chickens. Um, nerdy beanies Hey,
2: hey, careful! We're not good game <laughs> Though we do have a robot.
0: Yeah, but ours isn't as funny as this. No, unfortunately.
2: I uh, give it uh, four and a half.
1: Oh, very nice, very nice.
0: That's the highest you've ever gone. So not no, I went before. five
1: a few weeks ago. Did you? Yeah. Okay. We're under rail.
0: Ah, that's right. My apologies. Um, so DJ, what have you been playing?
1: Well, I've been playing. Uh Don't burn this rope. Pardon? It's a a fun game called uh, Burn This Rope.
2: Burn This Rope. No, it's not called that.
1: Oh, yeah, you have to burn the rope. That's what it's called. Ah, that's that's
2: why I was getting confused.
1: (laughs) I gave you a 90-second long game
2: because you didn't play anything this week, and you can't even remember the title. (laughs) When it's written on the screen in front of you as as well, that's even worse.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it was... Pretty short game, but interesting as a uh, side scroller. Okay.
2: Yeah. So, did you enjoy it?
1: Oh, yeah, I did enjoy
2: how, it. How long did it take you to play?
1: 20 seconds.
2: What did you have to do?
1: Uh, jump on blocks and try and get the chandelier down and t- to defeat a monster.
2: Okay. You literally just had to say, burn the road."
1: Yeah, but. Yeah. That would just be
0: logical and straightforward. <laughs> Why give a simple answer when you can give a roundabout, convoluted answer that's confusing?
2: <laughs> So You Have to Burn the Rope is this little Sato A game about well, side-scrolling action games, and it just came to mind earlier tonight. DJ said that he hadn't played anything this week. So it's like, hey, I know a game that takes you like 90 seconds to play. Get on with it. Mm-hmm.
1: Such an addictive game, though, I will say that. And the
2: ending song is amazing.
1: <laughs> and long.
2: Yeah, the ending song is longer than it takes most people to play the game.
1: I will say this is pretty good though, like with the graphics and whatnot. It's the 8-bit graphics is pretty cool. It's kind of a sh- kind of like a nostalgia thing with um playing the playing the good old Miro games. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's a callback to the old old skyscrawlers, Scrollers, which is cool.
0: Okay. Um, sorry, I just got a bit sidetracked. I've actually discovered one of the games, and that's actually <laughs> going to be my game of the week. <laughs> okay. It's called Jet Rush.
1: Oh, very nice.
0: And it's kind of like you, you remember you used to get the little cheap... Um, handheld games where it was just one game and it was, you just had to zigzag back and forth. Yeah. yeah it's very similar to that. And you have to, you, you're flying in a jet rocket thing above the surface of a planet and you've got skyscrapers and buildings around you and you have to try and dodge between them and get the distance. There's also um, rings that you can fly through and you get extra bonus points. So yeah, literally only been playing it for a little while, but it's Pretty fun. Unfortunately, you can't go up. It's only left and right, but, yeah. And it's funny when you smash into a building as well. It goes back into the 8-bit graphics of a block exploding into little blocks.
1: Cool. Oh, going to have to pull that up later.
0: I think I can hear somebody else playing it now. So, yeah. Um, how many um nerdy beanies are you going to give your game?
1: I'll give it 3.5 out of 5.
0: 3.5 out of 5?
1: Yeah, 3.5. Are,
0: are you writing this down? Yes. Yes. Okay, I'm going to give mine a four out of five. It's a simple game, but that's a lot of fun. Some of the simplest games are quite often the most fun. Yeah. Anyway, moving along, we have the shout-outs for the week. Um, first up, we have to give a special shout-out to uh, Marie the one of the duo of Roxette, who unfortunately died yesterday at the age of 61 after a 17 year <sighs> battle with brain cancer. The Swedish pop star, whose most iconic hits included It Must Have Been Love and Listen to Your Heart, passed away in Jotun, Sweden. Her bandmate, Per Giselle, the things will never be the same. It's yeah, very sad. On another sad note, we have to say farewell to Carol Spinney, the American puppeteer, cartoonist, author, and speaker. Most famous for playing Big Bird and Oscar the Grouch on Sesame Street from its very inception in 1969 until 2018. you gotta, you got to think, like, this is a, a guy that's influenced such a massive portion of the population.
1: Yeah. Uh, generations. Oh,
0: well, yeah. Like it's, it's not just a few generations. But it's, that's literally, like... The kids of the boomers through to the whiny squeakers. Um, yeah, I haven't got the reason why what he, what he died old, just unfortunately that he passed away. He will be missed. Um, also on the 9th of December, René Abogianos, the American actor and singer, best known for playing Odo in Star Trek Deep Space Nine, passed away at the age of 79 um, from mystatic mest- lung cancer. In Los Angeles. Um, he's done quite a lot of stuff. Um, he was actually Father Mulcahy in MASH the Movie, um, Expedition Scientist Roy Bagley in King Kong, so and lots of other things. So, yeah, another. I, I have to apologize if it's seeming a bit sad and morose this week, but these people are definite legends, so deserve a bit of a remembrance and shout-out. Um... 9th of December, 1960, the first episode of Coronation Street, the world's longest-running television soap opera, is broadcast in the United Kingdom. The program, strangely enough, centres on Coronation Street in Weatherfield, a fictional town based on inner city Salford. In the show's fictional history, the street was built in 1902 and named in Coronation, in honour of the coronation of King Edward VII. On the 17th of September, 2010, it became the world's longest-running television soap opera and was listed in Guinness World Records. And it is still going today, folks.
1: Okay, I got a question for you. Would you rather watch Coronation Street or Days of Our Lives?
0: Mm. Moving along, on (laughs) the 10th of December, 2019, the World Doping Agency... Has decided to draw a line in the sand and say enough's enough, and it has banned Russia from the Olympics for four years over the doping scandals. Russia has been banned from the Olympics and World Championships in a range of sports after World Anti-Doping Agency WADA W A D A delivered a ruling to punish it for manipulating laboratory data. So. And some Che- cheaters never prosper when they mess with scientists and nerds.
1: Yeah, and the the sentence has been pretty harsh. Like,
0: no, they, it hasn't.
1: Yeah, oh yeah, it's been it's pretty harsh, man. Like, no, not even,
0: it's ha- it's it's very light actually. It's only four years. Given the level of what they've done, it could actually have been a lot harsher. Like, there was um, what was that um, cyclist?
1: Lance Armstrong.
0: Yeah, I was gonna gonna say old um, one 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 plum. Um he received a lifetime ban, didn't he? Yeah. There's, there's, yeah. there's sports people who have received lifetime bans.
2: And and he had all of his awards stripped. Yeah. yeah. Which means that everyone on earth now has, almost everyone on earth has the same number of Tour de France wins as Lance Armstrong.
0: <laughs> <clears throat> but the thing is, like, if they're going to cheat, they, they've got to expect that they're going to be caught out. Like, it may not happen right away, but all this information has always been revisited and... Yeah, because what? there was that um, runner from the US who she was one of the big track and field stars.
1: Marion but, Jones.
0: Yeah, she thought she would gotten away with it and she was doing well. And I read decade later it's come out and boom, she's been stripped of all of her titles and records. And there was talk at one point of criminal prosecution for fraud because she was accepting sponsorship. And I think similar sorts of stuff was happening with Lance Armstrong. So I think, honestly, Russia's has got off very lightly with this.
1: I, I don't know, man. I mean okay, like for okay, let's see let's see the sentences like they're not they're banning them from the Tokyo Olympics next year. They won't go to the Beijing Winter Olympics. Then they're not going to the Soccer World Cup in Qatar. And also they won't be hosting or bidding for or being awarded awards championships for well, sports bodies.
2: Russia hmm. aren't going because of state sanctioned doping. Russian athletes can go as Olympic athletes of Russia if they have no history of doping.
0: Uh. But here's the thing every single one of them will be so vigorously tested. Like the level of testing is getting better all the time. Like the improvements in technology and identifying variances in, even to the level of, like differences in the level of um, red blood cells is being measured in the, blood samples and urine samples. Uh, so, yeah, because um, I know that at one point there were um, athletes were getting um, blood pumped into them or uh, stuff like that to help them reoxygenate.
2: Yeah, so the idea was you'd uh, have some of your blood taken, have it filtered out to just the red blood cells and then pump it back in when you needed it for, for the growth. And that way you'd have a higher oxygen in your blood, mm-hmm. so you could stay aerobic for longer.
0: <laughs> and the thing is, is even even that is becoming detectable now. So if you're going to go do it, like seriously, it's you're, you're playing with a smaller and smaller level of capability and the people out there that are trying to find you are going to catch you. It doesn't matter whether it's today or a decade from now, but if you're getting sponsorship, they're going to come after you and crack it onto you. And if it's state sanctioned state-sanctioned cheating. Everyone's going to look at you and go, well, how many of those other awards and records that your people have got are cheated? Eh?
1: <laughs> My favourite part is how um, they would say like, oh, everyone's been doing it, so I'll do it.
0: Yeah, but see, that takes away from the, what this, it's about. Like, The Olympics is about being the best you can be and competing to become more. If you're going to cheat, go. there's, there's other options in sports where you can go and you can be a juicer take it pumping up on steroids and doing that if you're going to compete at the olympics follow what the olympics is about like don't be a sad sap who has to cheat because if you have to cheat to get the gold medal you don't deserve
1: it and it taints the value of the gold medal itself anyway
0: and you you will know like you'll be sitting there for the rest of your life you'll know that you were a pathetic lousy good for nothing slimy bottom feeding cheat I don't know if I can put any more disgust and venom into that. I'm sorry, but <laughs> I, it's, yeah, I honestly, I hate, I hate cheats. And yeah, you hear people, people cheating at university on assignments and stuff where they pay to get people to write their assignments for them. Yeah, never let me find out you're doing that because I, I will, I will destroy you. <laughs> I, I detest that. It's something fierce. But moving along, before we get into trouble with having Russian. Spetsnaz jumping through the windows. So
2: now I've got the Chinese, the Russians, <laughs> probably some Americans. The Koreans. The Koreans. Um, I feel like we should go into witness protection.
1: Oh, we no, can't. We, we, there's always the Witness protection
0: UN. is run by the Americans, so we'll suffer.
1: There's always the UN.
0: Yeah, that's going to be a waste of time. <laughs> um, but Moving along. I'm sure I'll find somebody else to insult later. <laughs> Moving on to remembrances, on the ninth of December, 1937, we have Nils Gustaf Dahlen, the Swedish Nobel Laureate, an industrialist, engineer, inventor, and long-term CEO of the AGA Company and inventor of the AGA Cooker and the Dahlen Light. In 1912, he was awarded the Nobel Prize in Physics for his invention of automatic regulator's for use in conjunction with gas accumulators for illuminating lighthouses and buoys. <sighs> got to admit he's done a lot.
1: Yeah, and suffered a lot as well. Like he, lost he,
0: he died from terminal cancer at the age of 68 in Livingo, Stockholm. Sorry, you are going to say something there, DJ.
1: Yeah, I was going to say he lost his sight along the way as well, very bad, in a bad accident as well. So, poor. I mean... Props to him for doing discrete inventions, but at the same time, man. Yeah.
0: Well, safety controls weren't exactly the best back in those days.
1: Yeah, that's
0: true. That's true. Um, on the 9th of December 1970, Ar- Artyom Ivanovich Mikhail Soviet American aircraft designer.
1: Oh, you mean so I'm Armenian?
0: <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> Armenian. What? No. Nah, look like American. My apologies. Got something on my screen. Aircraft designer who co-founded the mikoyan Gurevich Design Bureau, along with Mikhail Gurevich. In March 1942, the bureau was renamed OKB-MIG. Osaboy Construct Oskoi Bureau. A-N-P-K-MIG. Aviation. Yeah, I'm not even going to attempt the (laughs) thumbs. I'm not going to insult the Russian peoples anymore. I've already done that enough. Um, Murdering their language will get me in trouble. Um, Yeah, this is the guy who founded the company with another bloke that made the MIGs. He died from a stroke at the age of 65 in Moscow. On the 9th of December 2005, Robert Sheckley, the American writer, first published in the science fiction magazines of the 1950s for his numerous quick-witted stories and novels that were famously unpredictable absurdist, and broadly comical. Um, suffered a complications following heart surgery and a stroke at the age of 77 in Poskipi, New York. Um, this is the guy who wrote um, series episodes for Captain Video and his video game rages. Novelizations of works by others for things such as Babylon 5, A Call to Arms and many, many other fantastic pieces. Moving on to famous birthdays. On the 9th of December, 1608, John Milton, the English poet and intellectual, who served as a civil servant for the Commonwealth of England under its Council of State and later under Oliver Cromwell. He wrote at a time of religious flux and political upheaval. He is best known for his epic poem, Paradise Lost. Um, professor, are you going to... Tell us your joke on that one now?
2: Yeah, it was so your first hero Paradise Lost, then the sequel pa- Paradise Found, then the sequel Paradise Lost Again, <laughs> then Paradise was behind the couch the whole time.
0: <laughs> Finishing with Paradise was actually a bowl of scotch <laughs> with a chaser of gin. He was born in Bunhill, Long London. You gotta love the names of some of these um, places in England. Bunhill. Hmm. On the 9th of December, 1917, Leo James Rainwater, the American physicist who shared the Nobel Prize in Physics, in 1975, for his part in determining the asymmetrical shapes of certain atomic nuclei, Um, during World War II, he worked on the Manhattan Project that developed the first atomic bomb. Something you probably wouldn't really want to be going around and putting on your resume, really, would it? Um, He was born in Council, Idaho. They really took a long time to think of the name for that one, didn't they? <laughs> what are we going to call this? Well, let's have a council for it. Well, that's a good name. What? Council. <laughs> for what? The town. Okay. I'm sorry, America, but if you're going to put up a, a, a pretty lame name, I'm going to pick on it. Like okay, I picked on Bunhill. Um, On the 9th of December, 1926, Henry Way Kendall, American particle physicist, who won the Nobel Prize in Physics in 1990 jointly with Jerome Isaac Friedman and Richard E. Taylor for their pioneering investigations concerning deep inelastic scattering of electrons on protons and bound neutrons. Sounds a bit kinky, there, doesn't it? Bound neutrons. Do we have? Does that mean we had um, electrons running around with whips and, ch- and chains going?
2: <laughs> <laughs> Um, moving along before we get in trouble. Um, I will point out, Buck, any disturbing fan fiction is your fault.
0: <laughs> if it does lead to fan fiction, please send it through to and then they f. Um, they love reading that sort of stuff out loud, even. Um, yeah, he was born in Boston, Massachusetts, um, on the 9th of December, 1851. The first YMCA in North America is established in Montreal. YMCA is the Young Men's Christian Association. From its inception, it grew rapidly and ultimately became a worldwide movement founded on the principles of muscular Christianity. Hmm. Interesting idea there, isn't it?
1: (laughs) Muscular Christianity. And
0: of course, if it wasn't for the YMCA being about muscular Christianity, we wouldn't have had the famous song by um uh,
1: the Village People.
0: Oh, uh, see, so, yeah, you knew who it was.
1: Oh, you you were thinking about that song, weren't you? Um, I can't even remember
0: how it goes now.
1: How does it go again? <laughs> well, you're the boomer. You, you should tell me.
0: I'm not a boomer. I'm not young man.
1: <laughs>
2: Get yourself off the street, I said, young man. Well, someone knew the song, and I'm not going to do that anymore. <laughs>
0: And I'm not a boomer. As I said, I'm not that old. My parents were boomers. Um, on the 9th of December, 1909, Dr. Henry W. Walden flew the first successful American monoplane flight. He was the designer, builder, and pilot of that plane, the Walden Three. It was made after building a rudimentary wind tunnel and experimenting with different dis- surface designs. Interesting fact, this guy was a dentist. Um, you had to have
2: something as a hobby.
0: Well, you've got to look at it. like He was essentially an aerospace engineer at the very start of the evolution of planes, and to fund it, he pulled teeth. These days, the people who are aerospace engineers trying to find funding feel it's as hard as pulling teeth or having their teeth pulled. Go figure. 9th of December, 1967, Jim Morrison was arrested on stage for disturbing the peace, at the New Haven Arena, Connecticut, making him the first rock star to be taken into custody during a performance. According to Doors keyboardist Ray Manzarek, Morrison was making out with a female fan in the shower in the backstage area of the New Haven Arena when a local police officer who was providing security for the band, apparently not recognising the singer, told them to vacate the area to which Morrison reportedly replied Eat it. So that's where Michael Jackson got the idea from.
2: I don't suppose he was wearing an ID tag at that point.
0: Um, Well, it doesn't say whether he was dressed or undressed in the shower. Considering the fact that he was not alone, I'm hoping he was dressed. Um, Apparently, when the officer brandished a can of mace and warned, last chance, the singer retorted, last chance to eat it. (laughs) earning himself a a face full of mace for his defiance. Morrison was charged with inciting a riot. Can you really be a riot if it's just one or two people?
1: Well, to his uh, company
0: freeze a riot.
1: <laughs> well, in, um, um, being arrested in front of thousands and thousands of people.
0: But he was backstage. He wasn't in front of thousands of people.
1: Well, if you well backstage and then going through going going to the front stage. To, well, it's usually sidestep. a backstage exit. Yeah.
2: So the cops probably dragged him out the back, and then some poor PR guy had to go out the front and say, Sorry, everyone, your tickets aren't worth anything. We've had to cancel the show.
0: Um, Yeah, wouldn't you hate to be that particular police officer (laughs) who's taken him into custody and charged him with inciting a riot, indecency, and public obscenity? Um,
2: Especially.
0: Like. like seriously you're providing security this is the guy who's paying you and he's in a shower and you go in and arrest him
2: well it's that urban legend about Charlie Chaplin coming third in a light contest yeah
0: I've heard something similar about Elvis as well apparently Elvis entered a Elvis look like competition and lost and it appears that is it for the week anything else to add there guys
1: Uh, nothing
0: that's all I have okie dokie so we've given a shout out to another podcast, maintaining our record for our awards. Um, we've insulted. We actually insulted <laughs> the a couple of countries this week. We're, we're doing well there. We're, we're picking up the game. Um, we've also insulted the squeakers and the boomers and I'm sure there are a few other people. Anyone else I, oh, I've missed out on insulting?
1: <laughs> are you on the roll this time?
0: Um yeah, if if I haven't insulted you, please <laughs> um send us a uh email to our email address, um DJ.
1: Uh at gmail dot com.
0: Or you can send us a it's, it's, it's a tweet, isn't it?
1: <laughs> it's a tweet, yeah. Uh, at um an amalgamated at, Yep.
0: That's a okay. tweet
1: and that's a Twitter handle. And or you
0: can, can go to our Facebook group and or our Facebook page and say I want to be insulted by Buck.
1: (laughs) That should be our next T-shirt idea. (laughs) I want to be insulted by Buck.
0: I will do my best to find something specific towards you to insult you about, (laughs) if you wish. Um, Or I could just give you a generic insult. Um, Tell us how how much of an insult you like. (laughs) Yeah. I'm unemployed, so I got plenty of time on my hands. so I can come up with some really good insults for you.
1: <laughs> so
0: funny. if you're if you're having a, a, a brilliant day or you're feeling a bit over pompous and you need someone to bring you back to reality, I'm happy to step up and do this for you. Um, other than that, remember to look out for each other and take care of yourselves and stay hydrated.
2: We'll see you next week.
1: See you guys. Huru.